So I, I before uh, before we start, I just want you to to follow. Uh, I, I realize that some of us are getting a bit tired, so I just like to ask each one of, of us just to stand up and to greet two people and say, "This is the last hour. Keep watch. Be awake. Praise the Lord." <laughs> Praise the Lord. I so I, I just would like to welcome you to this last hour. Uh, you know the, the the book of Revelations chapter one. It talks about uh, that God is, is the Alpha and the Omega. So God is the Omega because He's the one who is completing this year. You know this is the hour, and He's the Alpha because He's the one who is beginning. 2017. So he's the Alpha and the Omega. Praise the Lord. Okay, Edna. Okay, I just want us to turn our Bibles to, to the book of First Samuel chapter 30. First Samuel chapter 30. Edna, you can come please. <laughs> so First Samuel chapter 30. Uh, she's going to read from, from verse 1 to verse 6. First Samuel 30, verse 1. And it came to pass when David and his men were, were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire. And he had taken women captive that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captive, Ahinoam the Jezreelites, and Abigail the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Amen. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Praise the Lord. So I, I how many of us have heard this story before? The story of David. Okay, so wha what I'm just going to do is I'm just going to explain a little bit. So because I really need to, to make sure that we are awake and we are on the same page. So David and his men, they come to this place called Ziklag. So Ziklag is where David, this is a place that David had been given to stay. And then they arrive. And then they, you know, normally... You know, David was a soldier. He was leading an army of about 600 people. Normally when you're coming from war, what you're probably expecting is maybe you're going to see some fire, you know, and uh, maybe smoke coming out. Maybe your, your wife is cooking some very nice meal, isn't it, for you? So you're expecting to see some, some fire and maybe some nice aroma coming from the, from the kitchen. But instead, what does David see? He's not seeing only a small fire, you know, from, uh, from, uh, from, from, the, from the kitchen. But this is a big fire. And this fire, you know, when your fire is burning really well, it's, it's, it's sort of gray, isn't it? But this fire was black. And it was not a small fire, it was a big fire. So actually the whole city was actually on fire. And as well, they are coming back home, and then they notice as well that Actually, the wife who is supposed to, you know, to welcome them is not even there. 
and even the children who probably would come. I don't know, maybe some of you. At least for me, when I've gone away for some time, my children, when I come back home, they, they run and they give me a hug. You know, to show that, you know, Daddy, we missed you and we are happy that you are, you are back home. But unfortunately for David and his men, this did not happen. The whole city is on fire. There are no children, no women. You know, I mean, you, you can reimagine what kind of situation that these people, you can imagine that these people are also very tired. And maybe they were expecting that to get a very nice meal at home. And maybe get have some time to take a bath. But unfortunately, they really do not have the opportunity to, to do this. And in the, in the, in the meantime, uh, what is happening is that David also, uh, of course, they, they specifically mention his two wives, Ahinoam and Abigail, had also been taken. And verse 6 says, And David was greatly distressed. He was in great distress. And I, I, and I, I can imagine that even us who are here would be in the same situation, isn't it? But what actually makes things worse is David is in distress. His army of 600 people, they are in distress as well. But what are they saying? They are actually thinking of stoning him. You know, everybody has lost a family. But they are so distressed that they, they are thinking, of, we need to kill this man. So, you know, when, 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 when I, so, and then it says, verse 6, because the soul of all the people was grieved and every man for his sons and for his daughters. So now it was every man for his son and daughter. So each person was just thinking of their own son and daughter and, and yet there were people coming from the same army. And then verse 6 says, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And I was just thinking, how could David actually encourage himself in the Lord his God? And people are actually thinking of killing him. So I, I would like to take us back so to see how did actually things come to this point. You know, when actually people are actually thinking of stoning David. You know, First Samuel chapter 13, it talks about, uh, you know, when Saul disobeyed God, in terms of the sacrifice that he was supposed to make. And then Samuel, and then God spoke to Samuel and said, you know, I'm, you are going to be replaced. Saul, you are going to be replaced because God has found a man after his own heart. So David was called a man after God's heart. And First Samuel chapter 16, God gives Samuel an instruction, go and anoint David, go and anoint him king. So he is a man who is after God's heart. He is a man who is anointed. And the moment that David got anointed, the Holy Spirit came upon him. And what does he do? First Samuel chapter 17, one verse, chapter later, he goes to what? He goes to face Goliath, isn't it? He actually kills Goliath, isn't it? And after killing Goliath, I don't know, do we remember the song that the women were singing? Saul has killed his what? Thousands. And David has killed his what? Tens of thousands. You see, this is the man that we are talking about. A man after God's own heart. A man who is anointed, who is full of the spirit. A man who kills the giant Goliath just with a stone and a sling. And immediately afterwards, David goes into service, you know, saving, or saving under Saul, isn't it? And he wins victory upon victory for Saul. And David is also a man who ministered to Saul. When Saul was troubled, David would go to Saul and he would play music. And whatever spirit was tormenting Saul, it would go. This is how anointed David was. But what happens then afterwards is Saul wants to kill David, isn't he? And what does David do? David he runs away, isn't he? And 
This is a man who is anointed, a man who is after God's own heart. And what does he do? He starts living in caves. Caves, hiding, in hiding. And Saul keeps on pursuing David, wanting to kill him. And God each time would somehow reveal to David that Saul is coming. And David would run, go to another cave or go to another, to another place. You know, I'm, I'm actually thinking now, what kind of life is this from somebody who is anointed to be king? That you are busy running around, hiding in caves. And, you know, it came to a point where Saul, David actually got tired of running. And, I, you know, I, I actually wanted to, my, my brother, in his prayers, uh, he talked about, let's pray for our mouth so that we speak the right words, isn't it? The word, the word of God says, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaketh, isn't it? Praise the Lord. So let's, let's, okay, so if we agree to that, let's turn our Bibles to First Samuel chapter 27, just verse 1. First Samuel ch- 27, verse 1. And what does it say? I want somebody to read for me, please. Uh, can you read for me? First Samuel chapter 27, verse 1. And David said, in his heart, I shall now perish one day by hand of Saul. There is nothing better for me than that I should speedily escape into the land of the Philistines, and Saul shall despair of me to seek me any more in any coast of Israel. So shall I escape out of his hand. Amen. So, what does David say in his heart? I shall now perish by the end of Saul. And what does he decide to do? He decides, I should go to the, to the land of the Philistines, isn't it? And wha- what do we know about the Philistines? They were enemies, isn't it? I mean, from a very long time, these were people were enemies, and David actually decides, you know, it's actually better if I go and stay with the enemy, isn't it? And what actually happens is that when, when David... You know, David had a reputation when actually David got, got to the Philistines. You know what they said? Ah. And then the, the people, the Philistines, they said, Ah, this man, this is the one for whom they were singing. So killed his thousands. And David killed his ten thousands. So this song is it actually spread around even to the enemies. Ah, and, and what does David do? He hears that. So I can, I can, and what does David do? David pretends to be a madman. He actually becomes mad with saliva coming out of his mouth. <laughs> but unfortunately, no, the Philistines say, no, 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 no. We cannot stay with a madman. They actually refuse to stay with him. So David continues. You know, he continues. And wh- what actually happens then is David uh, gets to a... Uh, Kayla, Kayla, to a place called Kayla. And then the Philistines, Philistines come to attack the Kayla people. And then what does David do? David actually asked God. He inquired of God. Should, should I pursue these Philistines? And God said, yes. I will deliver them into your, into your hands. So David, what? He pursued them. He overtook them. And he won the battle. Praise the Lord. This is the anointed man of God. And then what happens next is Saul gets to hear that oh, David is in Kayla. And then David goes back to God and says, God, are these people going to deliver me to, to Saul? And God says yes. <laughs> and David manages to, 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 run, to run away. Until it came to a point when the Philistines now, they wanted to attack Israel. And David had come back. So David came back actually ultimately to the Philistines. And he actually stayed there. And they actually gave him, he says, give me a place to stay. And then they gave him this place called what? Ziklag. 
This is the place which we read in verse 1. This is the place that David had been given from the Philistines, which became his home. And what David would do is, David was still fighting. He would go to fight. And when he fought, he would make sure that he killed everyone, the children, everyone, so that nobody would, would say, David came to attack us. So he made sure that he killed everyone. And then the, the Philistines now go to war with the Israelites, and then David wants to join them. And then the, the, the armies of the Philistines, they remember that song again. Saul killed his thousands, and David killed his what, ten thousands. And they refuse that David cannot join. And then what happens then later is David then decides to, what, to go back to Ziklag. So this is where we are now. David has come back home now to Ziklag. So I, I, I hope now you have a good history of to understand what David actually went through, this anointed man of God. So now he is now at Ziklag. He is back home now. And unfortunately, it's a disaster when he gets home. The whole city is actually burned. And then uh, one of the things that you also notice is then everybody who was in his army, they all started abandoning him. They want to stone him. You know, David actually came to a point when he was actually alone. You know, David was friends with Jonathan. Jonathan was so far away. His wife had been taken. The Philistines don't want him. His own army doesn't want him. Nobody wants him. David got to a very desperate point. He was so distressed, and people want to stone him. There was actually no one that he could turn to. So if you actually see the people, why they were so angry with him is because David is the one who said, let's go and stay with the Philistines. Let's go and what? And fight with the Philistines. And the time that they say, let's go and fight with the Philistines, this is exactly the same moment that Ziklag was attacked. So the people were angry that David... Because he's the one who has called us to go and fight with the Philistines, the time when we should have been with our families. That's exactly the same time that what? Ziklag was actually attacked. So you can actually, you can actually imagine the situation that David is in now. David is so desperate. You know, he has got absolutely no one to turn to. And you know, uh, we, we, when, when, I, when, I, when I was thinking, when I was reading this, then I said, I don't know. Maybe you, you may be in such a situation, finding yourself in actually such a situation like this, where, you remember, you remember what I said about David. He was an anointed man. He was destined to be king. He was a man after God's heart. He's the man who killed Goliath. He's the man that they were singing. So, you may also find yourself in the same situation that, you know, you have accomplished a lot. If you look back into your life, you've really worked so hard. And yet, you find yourself in a situation like David, where you really feel alone. You know, there is no one to turn to. There is no one. Everybody's against you. Praise the Lord. But then it says, David. He encouraged himself in the Lord. David strengthened himself in the Lord. David found comfort in the Lord. You know, one of, one of the messages that God was speaking is, God is looking for people. You know, even, even as we approach this year, 2017, God is looking for people who will seek, with him, who will seek him. With all their heart, with all their mind, with all their soul. I mean, if, if, if you see David, David got to a point where there was no way to turn to. Absolutely no way. He was completely alone. And, but oh, oh, if you look at it, with all that David was going through, and you may find yourself in such a situation, but God is saying, I am in control. You know, even in the, you, you, may, you may look at your life now and see that you are in a mess. You mess, there is no one to turn to. But in that mess, are you able to see God? 
Are you able to see that God is in control? If you look at the life of David, can you imagine what would have happened if the Philistines had, had said, David, come and join us? David would have been gone to war for a long time, isn't it? And by the time he came back, his family, of course, they would have been gone, but the chance of even recovering anything. So the disappointment that the soldiers and David had that they were not allowed to fight with the Philistines gave them an opportunity to come back. So even in the mess that they found him, God was still in control. And remember what we also said, David, each time that he went to fight, he would kill everyone. Can you imagine? He, he even went to the Amalekites and he killed the, the children, the wives, everyone. But the Amalekites, these same people for whom he killed everyone, these are the same people who came and yet they what? They burned everything, isn't it? But they did not kill anyone. God was still in control, even in the mess. So even in your own situation, in your own life that you find yourself now, you still have to believe that God is in control. Praise the Lord. You know, the devil may be tossing you up and down, but you still need to believe God is in control. I know, I know this is something that is very hard. I mean, remember what, what I've been talking about David, the mess and the chaos that his life went through, but God was still in control. So God is what? God is in control of your life. God is in control of your situation. God is in, in control of your family. It may not seem so rosy, or it may not seem the way that you think, but God is in control. Praise the Lord. So, uh, actually, one of the things that happens is when, when God wants to bless you and use you abundantly. So, I don't know, is there somebody who wants to be blessed and used abundantly? Uh, can you just raise your hand? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Whenever God wants to use, to use you, sorry, to bless you first and use you abundantly, quite often what God is going to do is he's going to take you out of your comfort zone. Praise the Lord. So I don't know who is ready to be taken out of their comfort zone here. <laughs> now, now, now I see fewer hands. If God is going to bless you and use you abundantly, God is going to take you out of your comfort zone. God is going to take from you whatever little strength that you think you have. But do you understand, do you really understand why God really has to do this? Huh? You know, if God really wants to use you, what he wants to do is he, wa he wants to strip you of everything first. Of your accomplishments. Remember, remember what I was talking about David. David had so many ac accomplishments, isn't it? He won so many battles. People were singing about him. But who was singing about him anymore? Nobody, isn't it? He was alone. David had a reputation, you know, that was spreading, I mean, across all regions. But all that, by the time he got to Ziklag, all that reputation, all that accomplishment, especially with the soldiers that he had, David did not have a reputation anymore. Otherwise, they would not have stoned him, wanted to stone him. All the accomplishments that David had, they were gone. And also, when God wants to use you abundantly, before God wants to fill you, he needs to empty you. Huh? He needs to empty you first. So David, all his accomplishments. And also, you can also see, David, one of the things that he did is he also cried out. You know, the men cried out. until These are men that we are talking about. How many men here actually cry out in open ear? Eh? Praise the Lord. You know, men are not, are not known to be people who are crying out so openly. But these men, they wept until they could weep no more. Eh? David himself wept until he could weep, weep no more. And David got to a point where, remember what I said, David was lonely. He got to a point where he was lonely. There was no one to turn to. There was no prophet to, to consult. You know, there was no, sometimes, uh, 
Sometimes as a father, sometimes a, a, a small child will come to you and hold your hand, even though they do not speak. But sometimes you may be angry, but when a child comes to hold your hand, you know, even the unspoken, you know, you can calm down. But there was no child. Even in this heat that they were walking on, David was a commander. You would have expected the soldiers to give him a glass of water to drink. There was nobody to give him a glass of water to drink. David was completely what? Was alone. Even in this moment, when you feel so alone, so desperate, God is saying, do not settle for less. You know, th and this is one of the things that happens. When you are so desperate, when you are lonely, when you have been emptied, there is a very high risk that you want to settle for less. But God is saying, as we move into 2017, do not settle for less. Do you know what David did? David was anointed to be a king of, over Israel, isn't it? And what did he settle for? He says, give me Ziklag. You know, Z Ziklag was a, a town which was in a remote area, a completely useless inaccessible place. And this is what David, you know, you know how long David stayed in Ziklag? 16 months. 16 months David stayed, settled in Ziklag. David was deciding to settle for less. If you look at what God had given him, David. So God is saying, do not settle for less. You know, God wants, you, God wants to give you the kingdom, not a small place like Ziklag. So whatever God has spoken to you and saying, I am going to give you, do not settle for less. Praise the Lord. And also, God was not going to permit David, and God is not going to permit you to settle in a place where you are going to depend on your survival for things of the flesh. You know, how was David surviving? Is this a way of surviving? Deceit, you know, going, robbing other people, killing other people. Is this a way to live? So I, I really want you to look at your, your own life. What are you settling for? What has God promised you? And what are you settling for? How are you surviving? How are you living your life? God is saying, do not settle for less. Praise the Lord. You know, and sometimes some of the things which make us settle for less is because if you look at David, David was tired of, of soul. And he says, let me just go and settle with the Philistines. And David had grown tired of fighting. Are, are, you, are you finding yourself in a situation where you have grown tired of struggling, of hardships, of weary of so many battles? Do you feel that, you know, I've worked so hard and I've earned the right to an easy lifestyle? Is this how you are feeling? You know, David settled in Ziklag, a remote place, which was easy for him. But are you, are you also in a place where you're saying, I am trading my crown for ease and security? You remember Esau? Esau, what did he settle for? He exchanged God's blessing for what? For food, isn't it? Esau decided to, what, to settle for less. If you look at what God had offered him, praise the Lord. So this is the situation that we are finding David. And maybe you're also finding yourself in such a situation where you've settled for less. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. Verse 6, he says, David found strength. David found comfort in the Lord. You know, I, I, I was actually thinking, okay, how would you... How would you encourage yourself in the Lord? You know, because he actually never says... He just, we just have one sentence which says... David encouraged himself in the Lord. And then the next thing was what? David was calling for the priest, isn't it? How do you encourage yourself in the Lord? You need to remember the love of God. You know, remember the example that I gave that David remembered actually that, you know, God, I, I could actually have joined the Philistines, but God actually brought him back to Ziklag just in time for him to be able to pursue and to overtake and to recover all. Remember God's promises. So 
if you are finding yourself in a situation where you are settling for less, you need to remember God's promises and calling for your life. You know, David was a man who was called by God. He was anointed. He was promised to be king. He had a, a high calling. And did, did God actually say to David, I've taken away your kingdom? Remember, God actually said this about Saul, isn't it? That I'm taking away the kingdom from you. But God never said to David that I am taking away your kingdom. So David had to wake up and remember the promise and the calling that God had for him. And you can also, you can also remember Joshua also as well. When Moses died, you know, God promised Joshua that, you know, he said, be strong and courageous. Wherever you're going to lay your, your foot is going to be your territory, isn't it? So God made a promise. So whenever Joshua went to battle, he had this promise. And he would always remember this promise that God. So what promises God made in your life? Do you have a promise from God? Do we all have a promise from God? If you do not have a promise from God, 2017 is the time to seek God. To get a specific promise for your life. If you do not have a promise, how are you go I mean, what are you going to stand on? So make sure that you have the word of God is full of promises. And God speaks expressly to his children, to those that seek him and gives a promise. You know, and there is actually something about a promise. When whenever there is a promise, there is what? There is always a what? A provision. Whenever there is a promise, there is always what? A provision. So if, if you look at the if you look at David from so from verse seven and eight, where our thing ca comes from. So David actually when David strengthened himself in the Lord, encouraged himself, David acted, isn't it? So there's no point for you of saying, okay, I am strengthened in the Lord, and then you just sit, and you actually expect that things are going to move on their own. But David actually stood up, and he, he, he called what the priest is, isn't it? And then he inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue? You know, shall I? You know, David asked, shall I pursue and, or, and, over, or, and overtake? But God actually answered him and says, pursue, overtake, and recover all. That's what God, God actually added, the recover all. You will recover all. You know, you can pursue, you can overtake, and get nothing. Praise the Lord. But God spoke to David and says, recover all. I mean, and if you read the story further, we see that actually David actually recovered all. He says, all the children and all the livestock and even much more, he recovered all. So whenever, they, whenever there's a promise, there's a provision. So whenever there's a promise, what you need to do is you need to act. So the action here was actually to, to pursue. David did not what? He did not remain standing, isn't it? So whatever, whatever strength you get from the Lord, you need to act. You need to act upon it. Praise the Lord. And the promise that David had was, you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. This was the promise that God had for, for David. And obedience is important. So David actually says, so David went. And the provision, you know, God is saying that in, in 2017, your provision for some of you is going to come from unexpected sources. Your provision is going to come from unexpected sources. You remember we said the heavens are open. But when the heavens are open, what is important is for you, for your what? For your eyes to be open, isn't it? So your eyes need, need to be open. You know, remember, remember what I was saying that God is love. If you read on the story further, David and his army they pursued, isn't it, with 600 people. And then they got to a place where 200 of the people were so tired. And then they what? They remained behind, isn't it? Remember what I said, when God wants to bless and use you abundantly, he sometimes takes away some of your strength. 
200 soldiers stayed behind. They could not continue. God actually wanted to show David that I am the one who is giving you the victory. If he had gone with 600 people, remember what happened also in the book of Judges as well, isn't it? To Gideon. So God is saying, I am your strength. And God did this as well to David. He took away some of the 200 men and then they went with 400. And then what did they do? They found an Egyptian, isn't it? They found an Egyptian. Uh, can, you, can, you, uh, can you go from, uh, I think from verse 9, 10 or something? Okay. Uh, go further. Uh, okay, go further. Uh, verse 10. Okay, uh, go, go further. Yes, and David said unto him, to whom, uh, can you put a simpler version, okay, <laughs> NIV. David asked him, so do, to whom do you belong and where do you come from? He said, I am an Egyptian, the slave of an Amalekite. My master abandoned me when I became ill three days ago. You know, remember what I said, in whatever desperate situation that you, you, you are, you need to see the hand of God. And the hand of God was saying that this person became ill. This was the hand of God. This person became ill. And when the Amalekites had finished their raging, they left this person for dead. But God remembered David and his people. God actually kept this Egyptian alive so that David and his people could find him. And if one thing that you need to know, from all this time, David did actually not know who actually raided the village. We know, because we, re we read verse 1, it tells us that, that it was the Amalekites, but David did not know. So how could he pursue what he does not know? Remember, we had a prayer point today here, which was saying, if you lose something, and you go to, okay, if you have to go to the police, how are you going to report something that you do not know and say to the police, I lost something? How do you expect the police to help you if you do not know what you have lost? So remember, remember we said, he said, pursue, overtake, and recover. Oh, God never told him, pursue where, pursue what, pursue who. David went. So God is saying, whatever his promise he has given unto you, go. And he will show you the provision along the way. Praise the Lord. So if you are going to be waiting and asking God, where, what, when, why, who, praise the Lord. This is not going to help you. God is saying obedience is what I need. So David went and an Egyptian came who by chance was ill. And this person is the one who actually told them, okay, the person who, people who raided were the Amalekites. So David then got to know that it was the Amalekites who actually raided. And then this person actually led them. So can you imagine one sick person who actually because of one sick person, the families of David and the soldiers were actually able to be rescued. Because David could have continued without actually knowing where am I going to find my family. So God is saying help is going to come from unexpected sources. So do not be taking things for granted and saying, yeah, this one, how can this one help me? You know, and you probably you are looking and, and you're looking at somebody who's dressed in a suit and saying that this is the person that God has sent to help me. But God has probably sent a beggar to help you. So God is saying, keep your eyes open. And do not what? Do not take anything for granted. Praise the Lord. So, remember I was saying that God has got a promise in his word. Psalm 50 verse 15 it says Psalm 50, 5, 0, verse 15 Psalm 50 verse 15 it says and call upon me in the day of trouble I will deliver you and you will honor me. So God is saying whatever trouble that you find yourself in call unto me and this is what David did. You know, David remembered, you know, and one of the things about David is 
uh, and this is a message for someone. David, when he was, you know, remember, remember what I said about when David go to Kayla, it's a, it's, a, it's a town in Judah, and the Philistines came to attack, and then David inquired of the Lord, isn't it? Should I pursue these Philistines? And God says, yes, pursue them. But what happens is, when he got now to stay in Philistine, in the 16 months, David actually never inquired of the Lord. The 16 months that he stayed in, in, in the Philistine, he never, in Ziklag, he never inquired of the Lord. That's why David was just going busy, you know, just doing things randomly without any direction. He never inquired of the Lord. It took him, you know, he got so comfortable staying in Ziklag, just going and raging there and coming back. He got, so God is saying, to someone, I've brought you in, in this place for a reason. And you are getting comfortable. And you are forgetting. So, I mean, I don't know. This is just a, a, a message for someone. I've brought you into, in, into this place for a reason. And you are forgetting me. You are forgetting your source. And so if, if you, uh, uh, you know, I was talking to my wife, uh, this is actually not the title of my sermon, actually. You know, this is the theme, but when I was preparing, God was saying, okay, the pursuing, overtaking, and recovering is very good, but you need to know some things before. So if you want to, I don't know, if you want to give it a title, uh, my wife tried to help me with, uh, with some titles. <laughs> One says is a remedy for distress. So remedy for distress. Uh, or if you want to call it uh, persecuted, but not forsaken. You know, David was persecuted, but God did not abandon him. He was not forsaken. Can, can you please put Second uh, Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8? Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8. It says... We are hard-pressed on every side, but we are not crushed. So you may be distressed, but God is saying you are not crushed. You may be perplexed or confused, but says God is saying you are not in despair. Can you go to verse 9? Persecuted, but you are not abandoned. You are not forsaken. You are struck down, but you are not, you are not destroyed. Praise the Lord. So I, I, I don't know whatever you're going through. God is saying you are not in despair. You are not forgotten. You are not abandoned. You know, I, I, mean, you know, I, I, was, I was just uh, reading the news. If you see how many celebrities died ju just during this month, how many celebrities died? And I was thinking, you know, death, death is the one thing that equals us. No matter how rich or how poor it is, Death is the one, the one thing that makes us equal, that brings us to our knees. And you know, I, I, was, I, I was just so grateful that God still has a purpose for me here on earth. So if, if you have just one thing that you, you need to be grateful, is that God am alive. You know, today there was a, 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 a bomb in, 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 in Iraq. People died, isn't it? There are so many things which have been happening, even in the Netherlands, some people have been shot. They, they, uh, they are not able to experience the Alpha. You know, we said he is the Alpha who is going to begin the year. So if you've got one thing that you can be grateful for, that Lord, I am still alive today. And if you are still alive, which means God is what? God is, has a purpose for you. If God has got no purpose for you anymore, I'm, I'm afraid tomorrow you're not waking up. So if you have, wherever there's a purpose, there's a promise. Whenever there's a promise, there is a provision. So you have to be grateful to the Lord that, Lord, I'm alive. Praise the Lord. Okay. Uh, we're almost getting to the end now. And... Uh, just 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 to round up if you are going through a, a hard time or a challenge 
God is making you go through the challenge so that you can focus on yourself. So that you can, your focus can be upon God. Remember Job. Job had, had many children, he had many cattle, he had many things, and then what? They were just taken like that, isn't it? And then he could focus on God. And when you get to a situation like Job, you get people who are going to discourage you. Where is your God? Who is your God? But God remained faithful. Job remained faithful to the end. And he got repaid, restored, multiple fold. So you need to remain faithful. You need to remain standing. And you need to what? To do as David did. You need to encourage yourself. So this is my, this is my title of the same one. Encourage yourself in the Lord. And one final <coughs> word God is saying. One of the things when you are encouraging yourself in the Lord is. God is saying, stop, stop blaming the devil. Stop blaming demons. You know, we, we, sometimes we get so obsessed or focused on the, this demon, that, this demon, this. And we forget. We forget about God, isn't it? Or this, my brother did this. Or this one did not do this. God is saying, focus on me. You know, when you focus on God, you will take care, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things, God will deal with them. So your focus from 2017 should be upon God. No demon, please. <laughs> I don't want to hear people complaining about demons. Please. Rather, you complain in your closet and do something about it. Get down on your knees and pray. pray. Are we in agreement? Are we going to be doing that? Let's stop blaming our misfortunes on demons and whatever, on demonic activity. And let's go back to God. So th this is a message for somebody. So if you've been complaining about demons, no more. I'm not saying that demons are not there. They are not there, but they should not be our focus. Our focus in our eyes should be upon God. So one fa uh, just a final message. We'll read one verse and then we close. So God is saying, uh, focus on the power of God that works in you. Yes. So get your eyes off people, off rich friends, off your associates. Can you put Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20? Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. So that's our final verse. It says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to what? Whose power? His power, isn't it? That is at work, where? Within us. It is his power. And it is that same power that is at work within us. It's not us who are working. It is the power of God that is working within us. So you need to focus on God. You need to focus on that power that works within us. Praise the Lord. I just want us to just want, I just want well, I just want us to stand and just have one or two prayer points. I think I I, I mean I, I, I really hope you have taken to heart what, what God is saying. I, I, I just want you to, to commit yourself, you know, even unto the Lord, even with this word that you have spoken today. And ask that Lord help me. I don't know wh wh whatever situation that you are going through, that Lord, I need you. That Lord, even in this year that we are coming, Lord, help me to focus on you, O oh Lord. Help me, Father, to seek after you with all my heart, my mind, my body, and my soul. Let my focus be upon you. That may I find encouragement. May I find comfort. May I find hope, even in you, Lord. And also pray that, Lord, open my eyes, that I may see what you are doing. Even the help that is all around me. Father, open my eyes. So I just want you to, 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 to turn this into a prayer and say, Father, help me to be focused even upon you. Help me, Father, oh God, even to see that which you have provided. You know, we said there is a promise. There is a provision. 
Help me, Father, to understand the promise. And, Father, to see the provision that you provided. So turn this into, into prayer points. Father, open my eyes. Help me to seek after you. Help me to see the provision for the promise. Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you all the honor and adoration. We lift up your name, O oh God. We thank you, Father, O oh God, because it indeed is your power that is at work within us. Help us, O oh Jehovah, to have the right focus upon you, O oh Lord, that our eyes, Jehovah, may be focused even upon you, O oh Lord. Holy Spirit, help us. I pray that, Jehovah, this word that you have spoken today, O oh Lord, may we take it to heart in the name of Jesus. That, Lord Jehovah, may this word, O oh Father, our oh God, bear fruit and even much fruit in the name of Jesus. I pray that, Jehovah, in this year, 2017, O oh Lord, where you are indeed our Alpha, Lord Jehovah, may we see your hand, even in our difficulties, even in our circumstances, O oh Lord. I pray that, Jehovah, our oh God, may our focus be upon you, O oh Lord, that your children, Father, our oh God, they shall not settle for less, O oh Lord. That Jehovah, the kingdom that you have given unto them, Lord, that they shall seek after it, O oh Lord. Lord, help us to be, to be people who shall not compromise, O oh Lord, upon your promise, O oh Lord. Who shall not sacrifice, O oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. Help us, O oh Lord, Father. Even indeed as we pursue, O oh Lord, that we shall overtake. That we shall recover all that we have lost, O oh Lord Jehovah, in the name of Jesus. That even indeed, as you show us where we ought to pursue, Father, open our eyes to see the provision that is on the road in the name of Jesus. I pray that Jehovah, our God, grant unto us a spirit of obedience, O Lord, to go, Father, our God, where you tell us to, when you tell us to pursue, O Lord. I pray that, Father, our God, that whatever we need to recover, Jehovah, in this year, we shall recover it all in the name of Jesus. I pray that, Father, our God, let our eyes be focused upon you, O Lord. Thank you, Father, our God. We give you praise. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord.